Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 6, Season 6 of Keeping It Arcadia. My name is Envitha Marlapati, and I will be your host for this episode. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Lucas O as he talks to Arcadia High School's Color Guard team about their recent trip to Sacramento, as well as achieving the Best Color Guard Award while competing there. And then, Arian Togeland and Vanya Amadi interview teachers about their unique lives and adventures. But first, let's hear from Lucas. Okay, so the first question is, um, how strenuous was the overall practice that went into the preparation for this competition? To be honest, in fall, practices aren't that strenuous comparing it to winter, but it is definitely a lot for our practices. After school, having a long day of school, it's, it's just more mentally blocking than it is like physically because it's actually pretty cool getting to learn new things and improving your skill. But yeah, it's definitely mentally blocking because you're just like imagining the homework you have to do when you get home and like just everything that you have to do. And I honestly stayed up to like 2 a.m. every practice night. Yeah. And um, basically, uh, describe what the tournament was kind of like. The one in Sacramento? Yeah. So we drove there on Friday, and that took the whole day. But once we got there, we had a quick night rehearsal. But the morning of the re- of the tournament on Saturday, our call time was pretty late, 10 a.m. And we drove to a high school nearby the stadium, and we practiced for about three hours. And that was that was fun. It was windy and stuff. and The wind actually affected our tournament a lot because our instructor, he changed all of our high tosses into lower tosses, and it was the day of the tournament, so that stressed us all out a little bit. But after rehearsal, we went back to the hotel room and got ready, and then we left at around 3 p.m. to the stadium where we just rehearsed for a couple hours, warmed up, and then when we actually went on, it wasn't even windy, so changing the tosses was a little bit unnecessary, but... We did really well, and we got Best Color Guard Award. So um, do you guys feel like more connected or bonded together from this trip, kind of as collectively as a unit on like the field and off the field? Oh, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't say on the field because all of our competitions are pretty much the same thing. But like outside of the field, it was such a great time, like an experience going on a seven-hour bus ride together and like going to stay in a hotel together we see each other in our worst moments you know like we were all in our pajamas just waking up from like staying up till 2 a.m because we're all like best friends and we just want we just want to use the time we have together and talk to each other okay thank you thank you uh describe what the tournament was kind of like as a competition it wasn't as it wasn't as like fun i would say compared to the other competitions Mostly because we were in a foreign area and we were more trying to get like together and actually have a proper like practice or like having to travel back and forth was also very complicated. But I think it helped a lot of people bond overall because of the traveling aspect. I just don't think it was a competition that I would remember deep in my head. I would just more think about, oh, we're in Sacramento rather than, oh, it was a fun competition. And after uh, the competition was over in Sacramento, did you guys end up doing anything like fun together as a unit or anything like that? Um, after the competition, wait, do you mean like the competition itself or like when we got home? Oh, the tournament itself. Like... Um, after the competition, we didn't really do anything like super special. 
we just kind of packed up, went home, and that was about it. But mm, overall, the Sacramento trip, like, we didn't do anything out of the blue. It was just eat, sleep, rest, practice, go. And then we did, like, a practice show beforehand. But nothing, like, too crazy. And um, do you guys feel more, like, connected as a unit now after this trip? You know, just because of the competition and mainly just because you guys were all together? Um, as a color guard, we're already very close to each other. So we actually took this as a time to take a break from each other. And um, we all hung out with uh, more of our percussion or band friends. I know for myself, at least, I was with um, the percussion a lot. And I was with my friends from the band. We didn't really talk as a full color guard much. But I think it was a good break from each other. Okay, uh, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Once you arrived in Sacramento and you saw some of the other schools, how do you feel like Arcadia's color guard was in comparison to some of the other schools competing there as well? When we got there, we didn't really get to see many guards before because we just got there and we started like unloading and practicing. But I was pretty confident that we would do good because we have very good returners and overall people in our group. So I was pretty confident we were going to do good. So, like, as a unit, what were you guys, what was your mindset before heading into the competition? I think everyone was just thinking that we were very cold and thinking, oh my gosh, we need to warm up our hands. Because it was very cold, so that, like, kind of went into our heads. So we were just like, it'll be fine, we'll warm up, and we are just, like, trying to keep each other warm. And uh, what were the results of the competition? How do you think uh, the Color Guard did, like, just from your viewpoint? Oh, Color Guard, we won the the only, I think it was the only color guard award. They called it best color guard. And I think overall as a group, we did pretty good. I think we would have like done better as a group if we had actually tossed our rotations because we had to change to lower rotations. So that kind of affected like how we were prepared. But I think overall it wasn't that bad because we had our rotations down. So I think it was a bit easier for everyone. And after this trip, like outside of the, well, as well as the competition, just being around each other, like staying at hotels and stuff like that. Um, do you feel more connected or bonded together from this trip? I feel like it was kind of the same because while we were very close with each other the whole time, it was kind of just everyone in their own groups, like your hotel rooms. So you didn't. So if you did talk, I didn't personally. My group did not really talk with people like or like the freshmen or like the seniors or the juniors that much, except for the people that's like in our group. So. And, but during the trip, I did talk with a lot of people. So I wouldn't say that we like particularly bonded more than we already bonded, but it was just like a good group hangout. And then the final question is, do you think Color Guard can make any improvements next time for like a future tournament or any future competitions? I think in the future, we can better prepare for weather conditions because right now we're just used to practicing like it's in the perfect condition. So I think in our practices, we can work on like pulling back like our tosses to prepare for wind or like getting warmer faster so we don't freeze before the comp or just like and in general just like count more because that's one thing that we struggle with okay that's it thank you thank you lucas now here's arion and vanya with some amazing teacher experiences i'm here today with mr fox to interview him so to start off would you say that a strong and international knowledge base in travel and experiences assists you in teaching AP Hug and AP Government? Absolutely. Um, particularly AP Human Geography because it's about the world, right? And our, our goal is to, tr- to answer the question, the why of where. 
So for any teacher who has an opportunity to go out beyond the borders of Arcadia, for example, would be able to make uh, uh, find examples of places in the world firsthand that could use as uh, illustrations for concepts. And I think also maybe most importantly is travel gives you a perspective that is not so myopic. In other words, going out in the world, you recognize there are more points of view, more cultures, more diversity, more variety of thought and activities. Uh, and then so I can have a, a sensitivity aid for my students, diversity of viewpoints and cultures, as well as making sure that as we study the content that we're able to make sure that other viewpoints are brought to the surface for consideration. That was really well said. Thank you. And what places have you lived and traveled? Um, so I was born in New York, and I moved to Southern California when I was a kid, and I went to school in the central coast of California. I've lived up in the San Francisco Bay Area and worked. Um, I've lived and spent uh, three years working and living in Japan. Uh, when I was a high school student, I participated in an exchange program and lived and went to school in the Philippines. And then uh, that's living and working and then traveling. I've been just all over the place, lots of different countries, lots of areas. And to add on to that, um, living in the Philippines and Japan, how has that affected you? And how did you like it? Well, okay, so the, probably the most impactful experience in my entire life was when I was in the Philippines. I was a kid from South Pasadena. It's a lot like Arcadia, right? Very comfortable. I was living in a bubble. And uh, I lived, uh, well, I went to Manila, the capital of the Philippines, for the first part of our trip to get oriented. And during that orientation, there were a few uh, local Filipino guys that had been in the States and were there to sort of help orient us. And one night, we literally broke out of the campus that we were staying on. We tied sheets together and climbed down three floors from a dorm and jumped over a wall. And the, the two Filipino guys took two, myself and a couple other American kids out into Manila. And this was at a time when there's martial law in the Philippines, and it was probably the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life, but I was young and I didn't know better. But in that experience, a little you know, 17-year-old kid from South Pasadena, I saw things that I could never even imagine. And part of that was a, as a, an abject poverty that I couldn't even have imagined. And, and I, we went to a trash mountain, literally a city, built into a public dump. And people were living and we had families and children and making their lives literally in a mountain of trash. And that just, that just shook my entire sense of what is right in the world. And it really, it really woke me up to the reality that people in South Pasadena and, and you know, all young people couldn't have known that. Um, and so that really, that really changed my entire life. Yeah, I personally think that traveling is just amazing because it allows you to be aware of what's going on around the world and it really exposes you to different perspectives. And I think that that's just important now more than ever. So it's amazing that you've had the opportunity to live in different countries and to travel all around the world. And to add on to that question, how is communicating like? Because different countries speak different languages. Yeah, the Philippines is easy because it was a former colony of the United States. So most of the people spoke English. And I, I actually attended a university. It was kind of their education system was different. So I was a college kid while I was still in high school. But their courses were all taught in English. So the Philippines was easy, again, partly because of that former colonial experience. Now, traveling in general, yeah, you know, you try, you get by, right? You can go out in the world and just take a risk, and, and people are kind, generally, in sign language and pointing. Uh, when I first went to, the, to Japan, I didn't speak any Japanese, and uh, I was in Tokyo and, and with some friends, and we just went to restaurants and pointed. Uh, and, and in Japan, most restaurants have plastic models of the food they serve, so we'd walk the waiter outside and point at the window and say, we, and we didn't even know what it was. It looked like noodles, so we ate it, but uh, 
So, you know, if you just have an open mind and, 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 and if you're a kind person and are willing to be flexible and patient, you can pretty much get by anywhere in the world if you just give it a shot. And have you learned a little bit of Japanese? Oh, yeah. Of course, living there for three years, I became somewhat fluent. Um, and I passed some proficiency exams, but that was 26 years ago, so that's been a long time. So I've lost the ability to speak, uh, although I do go back every couple of years, uh, and, uh, and it comes back pretty quick. Wow, that's really impressive. And also, what have your favorite travel experiences either in the U.S. or abroad or even both been? Wow, favorite? I, I, I don't answer questions like that, it's simplistically, because every travel experience for me has been a different stage of my life and at a different place where I was, whether working or travel, my age, whatever, my position in life. So um, there have just been, you know, at each stage of my life, there have been pro profound and powerful experiences, like I expressed about that one in the Philippines. So, um, you know, I've had moments of just complete joy of being by myself, like on a mountaintop uh, in Central America, and just by myself observing this incredible nature, or, you know, in national parks, like a place like Yosemite. It's like, it's just unbelievable. And then other times I've had great joy and experiences with groups of people or with my wife. So it really kind of depends. There's just every place is different. I like New York City, downtown New York City, as much as I love Yosemite. And also, um, how different has it been moving from New York to California? Well, I'm just glad I got out before the accent stuck. That's my joke. Um, so I'm bicoastal. Um, my dad moved us out here when I was like seven. So. I don't remember much of New York because I was such a little kid, but I have been back many, many times. I have family back there. But it's different, right? New York's a pretty intense, um, hard-driving kind of place. L.A., Southern California, a little more laid back, a little more informal. I, I, I like them both. I, I just would prefer to have, I'd like to have a house in each. Okay, thank you so much. Hi, um, this is um, Mrs. Goto. I'm teaching AP Physics C. Um, actually, this year I'm teaching only AP Physics C, like actually five period, and I'm in S204, S building. I'm a figure skater. I've been like figure skating probably um, seven years already. Whoa, that's <laughs> so cool. So like, do you go every day? Uh, actually, I don't go every day because um, my body hurts, <laughs> so I, I practice five days a week. How did you like start figure skating? Like, what made you want to start oh, figure okay. skating? Yeah, that's a good question. So. Um, I have two boys. They are um, old enough right now, but <laughs> so they started skating like seven years ago, and then, so they talk about they are skating a class every Sunday afternoon, and it, it, like it's so much fun, and I really want to try because I used to ski in Japan, and then I feel like oh skating is kind of easy for me, so then I started skating. Um, yeah, but I broke my wrist one day, uh, so th yeah, this is kind of a secret, but um, so, but I did not stop skating, and I kept oh. skating, and then, yeah, so since then, I, I have my coaches, and then, yeah, I practice a lot, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so cool, like, you got inspiration from your sons, and then, what's really fascinating about ice skating for you, what mm. specific part of it is really fun? Um, so... I am a competitive skater, so I compete, like oh. probably three to four times a year. Oh, yeah, have I'm you ever won? Yes. Oh, that's... 
<laughs> yes, the most recent one was the Pasadena Open. Mm. Uh, it held in Pasadena Skate Rink, um, and I won. Well, so, seven years ago. Yeah. That's so. That's pretty like recent mm-hmm. in some ways. Mm-hmm. So that basically means like anyone who wants to ice skate, they can just start ice skating. Yeah, I recommend. It's fun. Oh. Yeah, and then so once you get um, like how to you you uh, you know how to skate, and then maybe you aim the next level. Right? Yeah, oh. so like we have a testing, figure skate testing, um, and then also competition, and then it's so much fun. So, yeah, I really oh. want to skate it, uh, yeah, every moment. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Is there like any specific attributes that you need when you ice skate? Like, do you need like good balance? Yes, of course. I, I think I have a good balance already, but I, we need a core, a strong core. Mm. Yeah, so that's why I do a personal training. I have, I have personal trainer too. That's good, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I used to do a body exercise and then a Pilates, like office training. I had a lot. Oh. Yes. So then, because you're a physics teacher, have you ever used ice skating as an example for like a physics concept? Mostly every day. Every day. <laughs> my my kids know it. Oh. Um, yeah, like so use the conservation of energy, mm-hmm. like skating and going to jump and then change into the potential energy or something like that. Yeah, I use, oh. and then also friction, so because <laughs> ice has a no friction, and then, yeah, so it's glide a lot, yeah, something like that. <laughs> wow, that's so amazing. Like, I would have never knew that a teacher here in Arcadia High School like ice skates on a, almost basically every day, like five times yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Two days, I mean, three days a week, I skate 6 a.m. in the morning mm-hmm. and go to work. 6 a.m.? Yeah. That's so early. I know, I know. I have to wake up 4.40. 4.40? Yeah, that's <laughs> I sleep at 4.40 almost. I know, I know. Yeah, many kids told me. Yeah. Whoa, that's so amazing. Uh-huh, thank you. <laughs> well, that basically concludes this interview. Thank you so much for letting no me interview you. <laughs> no Do you have any last notes you want to say to the audience? I mean, yeah, just visit my classroom and then talk about ice skate and then science, physics. Yeah, oh. I mean, S204. Okay, that's really nice. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, Arion and Vanya. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the sixth episode of Season 6, Keeping It Arcadia. For the full list of episodes, you can visit dciausd.weebly.com or visit our Podbean podcast page. Make sure to check out Arcadia DCI and Arcadia Unified on Instagram and the Arcadia Unified School District Facebook to find out more about DCI and keep up with district events. This has been Invita with Keeping It Arcadia, and we'll see you in the next episode. This is Keeping It Arcadia signing off.